Hey, hey, friend, I see you there. You've got your young kids and you're like, do I really, do I really need to listen to this episode about teens? Yes, you do. Because like I have mentioned in other episodes, when my kids were young, somebody would give me a little nugget, an idea of, or just plant something in my mind when it would come to the teen years. And I held on to that. And it is exactly why I've been able, I want to say get through, because that is not what I mean at all. We have been able to progress through. We've been able to to walk through the season of the teen years and love it. Doesn't mean that it's perfect and that everything is all like, you know, rainbows and sunshine and happy, happy all the time because there's reality as well. But I want to talk to you today so that you have these little bit of nuggets. You have these ideas in your mind and you're not scared. Oh my goodness. People in our scaredness of the teen years and Okay. Yeah. I've seen some things on social media and yeah, I'd be scared of the teen years of some of those things if that was going on in my house. I'll just be brutally honest and tell you that. But here you are and you want to go into the teen years and you want to walk through it well and to love it well. Let's talk today about how to build the best bond with your homeschool high school kiddo. This, the motherhood and the teen years, it can be good. It can be so good. It is sanctifying at times for you and for them. But let's not get to the teen years and just be like, okay, they're kind of little mini adults and we're just going to leave them alone. Let's not do that at all. Let's continue the relationship, make it stronger, solidify it. And that's what we're going to talk about right here on episode 142. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, homeschool mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. Let's just be brutally honest here. And I'm going to say that this has been my experience, and I think that you might be able to resonate with it as well, is that historically, a lot of homeschoolers, I'm not saying all, uh, definitely not all, but a lot or many, let's say, end up quitting homeschooling once the kids get to high school. They get too scared. They're too afraid to be able to continue doing it. And they um, really, I think it comes, it comes from fear. It comes from voices from outside. It comes from society. It comes from our culture, making us moms feel like we can't teach them or guide them in higher leveled math and science and English and history. And And that makes me sad because for many years, it was very difficult for us to find friends that were of high school age for my kids. And we did, we did end up finding friends, but I've just heard from so many that they just, it just feels like people just drop off and they either put their kids in public school or private school. And that absolutely is their choice. But I want you to say to yourself right now, I'm not quitting. I'm going to do this all the way through. And I see that coming. I see it coming with your generation of homeschool moms. I see that you are in it for the long haul. You are committed and I am so excited about this, but I get it. It can feel scary. And you're thinking, oh my, 
We've got transcripts. What if they want to go to college? How do I go and manage this? And this is something that we get to work on this. This issue of what do we do after is something that we really should think about beforehand. And it's exactly why I have purposely added an emphasis upon homeschooling in the different age ranges in Clarify Your Homeschool and talking about high school because you with the young children at home, it, it seems so in the distant future. But what if you walked into the middle school and high school years feeling confident, feeling prepared, having some plans, some ideas, you know, those things kind of change and it takes the years of the high school to kind of flesh through all of those and how it actually shapes out or shakes out, sorry, is something that we can't really see until, until the end, but we can walk into it with a plan and not be afraid of the transcripts and all those things. And you can get all of that information and work together on coming up with that plan for now and for the future in Clarify Your Homeschool. So you can go check out all the details at clarifyyourhomeschool.com. But I want to tell you that when my kids were young, I decided James wasn't quite involved with this. He was kind of like, okay, whatever. But I decided, I was like, we are not doing the teen years like our society says and like our culture. And I have spoken about this in other episodes and I will link those in the show notes. So after this episode, you can go ahead and you can binge listen to some other encouragement for the teen years. But I decided we're not going to do it like that. Yeah, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. There's going to be attitudes from them and from me. <laughs> but we don't have to walk through this. We don't have to be scared of it. We don't have to be frightened of it. And don't have to go into the teen years expecting the absolute worst case scenario. It's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go into this with the right frame of mind. And guess what? It has worked. <laughs> now, obviously, my kids are not perfect. I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect, but I love my teens. There aren't any, there really weren't, let's say any big issues. There wasn't any huge drama. We walked through things together. We talked through things and it ha- it was, there wasn't the drama that I see in others. And I'm going to talk to you today about how to, how to keep that bond, how to establish that bond and to keep that bond. But before I jump into that, I do want to say, that when I decided we weren't going to do teen years the way that everybody else was, and you know, you, you bring home this sweet baby from the hospital, and everyone's like, oh, you just wait till they're a teenager. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm like, yeah, wait till they're a teenager. They're going to be so fun. You guys are just, it's just going to be so good. So forget that, you know, Aunt, um, Aunt Matilda, I don't know, who is, you know, a Debbie Downer or Aunt Debbie Downer, who's like, well, you just wait to the teen years. And maybe you were not a very pleasant teen like I was. And I have since apologized to my parents and we have had some good laughs about some of the stories. But the fact that I homeschooled my kids, we spent so much time together. I can definitely say that that really helped me to carry out this vision I don't know how it would have turned out if we didn't homeschool. I'm not saying it would have turned out completely bad, but I really truly attribute to the fact that we spent so much time together with homeschooling that as they matured and got to their teen years, they had a different type of insight into my heart, into my motivation, into the why I had certain restrictions or certain rules because we spent so much time together, they were privy to that. They knew that I wasn't just 
coming up with rules out of anger. They knew that I was coming up with parameters out of love. They could see my motivation. They could see day in and day out that I really did care about them and for them and all of the things that I did for them. And I really do attribute the fact that we have walked through the teen years really well and have really enjoyed it to the fact that we homeschooled. And I think it's really important. So that's another little little tidbit right there. Another reason to keep on homeschooling all the way through high school. Okay. You're all pumped up now, right? You're like psyched. You're like, yeah, let's do this. Okay. I have five points right here I want to make with you. And the first one is this goes back. And the best way to bond with your teens is to lay the foundation during their childhood. Now, if you have teens, this doesn't mean you're too late. It just means there's a little bit more work that you're going to need to do right now. So how do we lay that foundation? Well, just by homeschooling, you are laying that foundation. You are spending that time. They can see, like I mentioned earlier, your motivation. They can see your heart and they can see your why to the parameters, then the rules and the family culture that you have created. And so by laying this foundation, by not letting them get away with um, bad character traits, not letting them get away with, say, like lying and whining and tattling and uh, disobedience, not letting them get away with that and a whole host of things when they are younger help to build their character. If we don't spend time building their character in their childhood years, you can't expect a teen suddenly to be honest if you let them lie to you, if you let them bully their younger sibling for all of their childhood, and suddenly you expect them to be respectful to their younger sibling when they're a teen, no, it's just going to get bigger and it's going to get worse. And so laying the foundation during childhood helps that bond. It gives, it, it just, it's the glue to the bond that you're going to create and continue to create uh, during the teen years. The second thing I would add here is to approach each one of your teen children individually. When I did, I did a couple other episodes and I'll link them in the show notes about bonding with younger kids. You can do pretty much any of those with any child, like taking them for errands or taking them out on a little date. Any of that would be fine for them. We get to the teen years. We really need to look at each individual child. So one thing that I mentioned in the episode previous to this, I was talking about one of my sons who loves cars. And this was something that we bonded with. I took him to car shows. Yes, when he was a child, but you know what? I continued doing that during the teen years. It was something that he enjoyed doing. Say you have a teen that enjoys, I don't know why, I don't know why this popped into my head, but like thrift store shopping, that's something I like. I'd be like, oh yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Sometimes we can get our teens into things that we like. Say they enjoy going to sporting events. Maybe you're not really a sportsy kind of person, but you go with them anyway. Maybe they enjoy going to a bookstore. So when we're talking about dates and times of being able to spend with them. So approach each child individually. You're going to have some kids that are going to be more introspective and maybe an introvert. You're going to have kids that are need to talk through everything and maybe are an extrovert and just approaching them with who they are. Like how did God create them? Are they somebody that needs to verbally process? Maybe you have a child that needs to verbally process their thoughts and emotions and uh, experiences that they've had. But then you have another child that is more quiet and you want to have to, you have to draw things out of them. So just approaching them each individually and connect within ways that are best for that child. 
Now, the third thing here is I want you, mama, I want you to be willing to be silly and to be weird, basically just to be yourself. They see you day in and day out. They know who you really are. So once they get to be a teen, don't go and put on a facade. Don't go ahead and change who you are. If you are a a dorky, nerdy person, just continue being a dorky, nerdy person. Maybe you enjoy when they were younger dancing with them in the kitchen. Dance with them in the kitchen when they are teens as well. Be willing to just be you. Yes, they're not going to know all of you because you're still the parent. And so there's still those boundaries. But just be willing to just say the weird corny things that you said when they were 10. Say it when they're 15 as well. Because it's so good for them to get to know you as a person as they mature. When they're children, they just are constantly looking up to you. And as teens get older, they start to see, oh, wow, mom actually has feelings and emotions and her feelings can get hurt. And she's actually a real person. And she has friends and she actually has a life. (laughs) Granted, much of her life has to do with the homeschooling and raising of kids. But she's a real person. Let them get to know who you are as a person. Also, be willing to apologize. Do not take, you know, don't put, I'm thinking of like, you know, flicking your nose up and like, mm, nope, nope, I didn't do anything wrong. Be willing to apologize. Take ownership of maybe the way that you handled a situation that was not the best way of handling it. Apologize to them. Just let your hearts connect over an apology. Don't make them always be the one who's apologizing. Be humble and apologize to them. Be also willing to talk about anything. Sometimes, you know, you might have a kid who's willing to bring up topics that you're like, wow, okay, wasn't planning on bringing that up right now, but we'll talk about it. But also, sometimes we just need to observe and to see what's kind of going on. And then just like in a sneaky, sly sort of way, bring up the topic. Like, so, you know, I was remembering back when I was, you know, uh, in high school and I had this one friend and because you've noticed that a certain friend is maybe treating them in a certain way, or you just come up, maybe there's a story that you read together. There's just some, some type of way that you can round about, bring up a subject, or sometimes just be like, Hey, look, I've been observing your friendship with so-and-so, and I don't think it's very healthy. And this is why, and you've established that foundation and they understand where you're coming from. They know your motivation is one of love and concern, and they'll take it. They'll take it so much better than if you don't have that relationship, don't have that bonding. The fourth way I have here of bonding with your teen is, well, number three was like a do. This is a don't. Do not betray their trust. Do not betray their confidence. I am just, it just hurts my heart when I see on social media, uh, parents pretty much airing the dirty laundry of their children, whether their child is a younger child, a tween, a teen, and just telling the world. And I mean, they're getting likes for it. They're getting, maybe it's part of their business model. But mama, when we betray their trust, now, sometimes they might not know. Now, when it comes to social media, most likely they will find out. Can you imagine being a teen that maybe you don't, your teen, you don't give them access to social media, but yet you make these videos, these parodies and stuff of them. And then their friends come to find your social media. Can you just imagine how they would feel? Now, I kind of ran into this a little bit, not that I was making fun of my kids or anything, but when my kids' friends got to be older and they had social media and I had my home decor blog and would share on Instagram, 
I found that some of them were following me. And so I was more careful about what I would share with my kids, even what they were doing was even good things because they didn't want to hear from their friend. Oh, I saw you guys went fishing at blah, blah, blah. So some of them in the younger years, I I think I might've blocked some of them (laughs) because I didn't necessarily want them to come back around. And I wasn't, again, I wasn't showing anything I shouldn't, but this is really talking, I'm talking about when we share things that we shouldn't. So at that time I had to decide, okay, I'm going to pull back a bit back from sharing on my kids because they're just feeling a little bit, you know, that makes them feel awkward. And to be honest, the older my kids have gotten, the less that I have shown them on social media. And that's a whole nother can of worms. Okay. Let's get back to don't betray their trust and confidence. Let's talk about, uh, this could be even be in person. Now there are times that maybe we do have a really close friend that we need to talk through a scenario with. That is fine. If you know that this person is somebody that you can trust, that's one thing. But going and talking about it and your child finding out about it or talking to somebody about a situation or laughing about it with somebody else and they come to find out, you're going to have a really hard time rebuilding that trust. And I'm not saying that we need to hold things back if our child shares something with us, that we need to hold it back from our husband. We need to be open and let them know um, where this kiddo is struggling and saying, hey, they don't know that I told you. And, you know, we have lots of those. (laughs) James and I have had lots of those kind of conversations. But don't betray their confidence and don't betray their trust by talking about things that you shouldn't be with people that you should not be talking to about it. All right, last one here is to learn to adjust in this season. Now, the same rules that you had for, say, your 10-year-old, is not going to be the same rules that you have for your 14-year-old, as well as responsibilities. Not the same responsibilities when they're 10 as when they're 14, but also it's not the same when they're 14 and when they're 17. There is a huge difference between, let's say even, let's just look at the high school years, uh, early high school years and later high school years, a huge difference because you think, you know, younger, they're 14, 15, ninth grade, and they're like, ooh, they're all crazy, googly, giggly, and whatever else. Well, 17, 18 year olds, they have their driver's license, they're getting jobs, they're looking at launching into the world, whether that's college or a gap year, hint, hint, gap year, go back, listen to that episode. (laughs) But there's a lot of difference between those. And so we need to learn to adjust. And the same rules, the same maybe things that we would allow them to do and not allow them to do has to grow and has to change. And as we give them more responsibilities, and we trust them more, and we do hold them accountable, It just grows through the teen years. And this is actually a really good thing because you are preparing them to launch out into the world. We don't want to hold our child back in this little bubble. And then suddenly they're 18 and be like, all right, go for it. Have fun. Get out there. It's not going to go well for them. That's doing them quite a disservice, but we need to learn to adjust. And this, I'll be honest, was hard at times for me because I was like, no, no, I don't want them to grow up. I'm like, well, wait a minute. (laughs) They are growing up and maybe we need to be a little more flexible and work with this. But this is also, you know, going back to number two is approaching each child individually. You know your child best. So you know what is best as far as parameters and responsibilities and rules and privileges that they have. All right. This has been a fun episode. I enjoy talking with the teen years. I'm still fully immersed in it. And I want to encourage you to continue on with your homeschooling. Do not quit because of the teen years. They can be a time of great growth for your teen 
as well as for you. And they can be a lot of fun. And the goal is to look back someday and be like, yeah, those were some really good years. And you might just be like, Lee, <laughs> I am, I'm too nervous. I don't know that I can do it. Well, you're going to do it because your kids will become teens. They don't stop growing. I tried to get a mind to stop and they would not stop. <laughs> But I want to tell you right now that I will walk right alongside you with all of that, answer all of your questions, and your homeschool can be so good. And it is the place that you can lay this foundation because we get to homeschool. We get to spend all of this time with our kids. Let's do it well. Let's cast the vision that we want for our family for when our kids get to be teens. And we will do that together at Clarify Your Homeschool. So go check that out at clarifyyourhomeschool.com. And if you have not left a review for the podcast, I would so appreciate it. It really helps get the podcast out to other homeschool moms. And we all want to do that. We want more of us out there. We want to be able to walk into any establishment, any store somewhere and come across a homeschool mom. How cool would that be? So if you leave a review, that would help that huge project, that huge vision of getting, um, just all this information out to homeschool moms to encourage them. You can go ahead and do that on Apple iTunes. You can just kind of scroll down to the bottom Would love a five-star review and as a rating and a good review. So thank you for that. All right, friend, let's go into the teen years excited. Let's decide that we are going to do it well. If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.